0: Welcome to Elevation Entourage Podcast, where we believe every woman entrepreneur deserves her own loyal entourage of peers who elevate, support, and hold her accountable for playing big in the marketplace. I'm your host, Dr. Cheryl Wood, an international empowerment speaker, eleven-time best-selling author, and master speaker development coach. I'm committed to elevating, empowering, and educating women entrepreneurs globally with strategies to launch build, grow, and monetize their brands. I specialize in equipping women entrepreneurs to find the power in their story and unleash the power of their voice. And welcome back to Elevation Entourage podcast, where we are bringing you, our amazing women entrepreneurs, winning strategies from successful, thriving women and men in business who have already crossed the six and seven figure mark, and they are here to serve you so that you can create the wealth that you truly desire. My guest today, I'm so excited, Miss Atiqua is here, and you will know her as that finance chick. She is a financial educator who is helping business owners to turn their income into generational wealth. I'm so excited to have you here, Atiqua.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here as well.
0: Awesome. So I always like to get people's backstory, their brand story. Like what got you interested in this whole industry of financial literacy, financial education, and wanting to help other people to claim their financial freedom?
1: Okay. Okay. Well, first off, this was never the plan. Uh, If you were talking to the 16-year-old me, I was supposed to own somebody's nightclub. Uh, (laughs) But when I was looking for um, my first job, I had this requirement that I did not want to come home smelling like anybody's french fries so i needed to find something else um i uh had a local credit union work at our high school and they were hiring sophomores at the time so i was like, all right let me go ahead and try it out and um from there i kind of just stuck with it because i realized um starting as a teller i like being able to handle money um, then i started noticing that i was answering a bunch of questions about you know hey how can i avoid these fees how can i um, you know, avoid this happening with my monies. And after I started noticing that and then noticing, Hey, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old and I'm educating people three, four or five times my age <laughs> on how to, you know, handle their finances. This is something that I enjoy. So after working at my local credit union and work for the, a lot of the big banks, um, I realized I had a knack for helping people financially. I just did not <laughs> want to be under anybody's rules and regulations. Um, There's a lot of red tape in the banking industry and I hate it because I feel like if somebody's handing me their money, they should be able to trust me and I should be able to be fully transparent with what's happening. And a lot of times that's not what happens. Um, And then, you know, just wrapping everything around noticing how my mom had to join her or start her financial journey. She had me at 19, I saw her go from 6.25 an hour minimum wage to now making over six figures. So tying all of that together and realizing there's a huge need for um, financial literacy and kind of taking the financial baton a little bit further than what my mom has taken it. So it's just everything full circle.
0: I love that. I love that. There's always a connection to why we are typically drawn to something. And we may not always know it initially in the beginning journeys of our, our journey itself, but there's always some connection. And I believe that we, most of us will be, if we give ourselves permission to be in movement and motion, we will give ourselves permission to be divinely ushered into what we're really supposed to be doing. So I love that. And I love the idea of you taking that baton, you know, from mom, helping mom, and now you're taking it and you're handing it to the next person helping others. And yes, I have been to your website and you are indeed fully transparent. And (laughs) I love every bit of it. Like I am here for it because that's what we need. We need full transparency because money is a tough issue to talk about with a lot of people.
1: Yes, it is. For sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so let's break this down because we really want to make this conversation as rich as possible for our listening audience. Can you share with us, first of all, the fundamental of what is the difference between making money and creating wealth?
1: So making money is as simple as, hey, I'm going into work, I'm punching the clock and I get a paycheck every two weeks. And there's nothing else to do with that. Um, creating gener- generational wealth is taking it steps further. It's all right, yeah, I might be going to work and punching a clock, but every two weeks I'm paying myself first. I'm paying myself into my savings account. I'm paying myself into my life insurance policies and my investment products. And then I'm also educating my children or whoever the young ones are in my family so they understand how to how money works when it's time for them to start working. It's taking everything a bit, a step further than what, We initially would have started off with
0: that is so that is such great information Like it truly is and and that resonates with me for a couple reasons. Number one I love the idea of oh i'm paying myself because entrepreneurs need to hear that like ladies You gotta pay yourself But I also the other part of that resonates with me because I am raising three children So Mm -hmm. I have my daughter 16 I can't believe how fast she's approaching womanhood. I'm like, you're about to be a junior in high school and then you'll be going off to college in like two years. I'm like, I just had you yesterday, okay? That's how I feel. And we were just talking, having a conversation about money the other day. And I think what happens is as parents, we always want to do better than our parents, right? We always want to keep doing better and being better. So I think our generation, I'm a Gen Xer. I think that we... We spoil our kids more. We give them more because we have access to more, right? And then they get to this age and you're like, oh my God, my kids know nothing about money because everything they want, I just give it to them. They don't have to earn it. They don't ha- They don't know what a check is. They don't know what this is. Speak to that. Like really just Just tap into that just a little bit, the importance of us giving financial literacy to our children so that they can be successful and do better than we did.
1: Man. Okay. So my mother, I believe, is a Gen Xer as well. Uh, As a matter of fact, today is her birthday. And...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. We have to pause there and say happy birthday. Go ahead. You give her the appropriate happy birthday.
1: (laughs) Happy mother, woman. I love you. (laughs) The most stress-free... Um, tireless free, I don't even know if that's a word, but whatever free <laughs> you need on your birthday, too bad I can't be up in Virginia with you, but happy birthday. <laughs>
0: I love it. Happy birthday, mama. All right, now we get back to the conversation.
1: <laughs> so I was actually thinking about this earlier because, um, one thing that I did before, you know, Corona blew everything up was I was a substitute teacher, um, on top of doing my business. And, um, I was having this conversation, you know, with my husband, I was like, why are they building a new school out here? Because, um, you know, they're firing teachers and they're adding more kids into the classroom. So what the whole point of building a new school? And then the whole thought process was like, I, I had this conversation with, um, a parent when I was a long-term sub-for teacher and it's, Hey, why can't, um, <laughs> And I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit, but I just have to walk you through the thought process. Um, It was, hey, why isn't Jamal doing great in school? And I'm like, well, you know, I've sent you emails about Jamal not paying attention, not coming to the after school tutoring program that the other teachers have. Um, And every time I turn around, Jamal is coming to school with the newest iPhone, the newest shoes, the ear pods, and he's not paying attention. And it's hard for him to be successful because he's not paying attention. And um, my mom was this person like she wanted to give us everything that she didn't have. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But if you're going to be working so hard to provide your kids with everything that you didn't have, make sure it pays off in the long run because stuff doesn't appreciate in value. Um, It's the knowledge. It's the assets that appreciate in value. Um, It's just making sure that you are providing things that can grow and flourish for them as time goes on. So yes, Spoiled kids, do what you want, because I was, I was very spoiled <laughs> when I was younger. Um, so were my siblings. And, but at the same time, I still had the knowledge and was able to decipher my mom's financial journey to my own. Um, she, still doesn't, she doesn't take a lot of credit for where I am now financially, uh, because she feels like she didn't teach me much, but kids are always watching you. Um, so even if it's watching you and say, hey, I don't want to go through that when I'm an adult mom, um, or I like being able to not have to worry about my bills, like they're watching me, whether or not you're, t- you're telling them what's going on, they see it. Um, so I think that's something that's very important.
0: That is, you are speaking to me. I, um, look, let me repeat this because y'all need to hear this again. Stuff doesn't appreciate in value, stuff. So we have to really get away from the idea that, oh, I'm giving my kid everything. You're giving your kid stuff that is never going to appreciate in value. That is so profound. I am probably gonna type that up and put that on my refrigerator so that I remind myself of that over and over and over again. So thank you for sharing that. So there's something that you talked about on your website, which I loved, and, and it's all about freedom. Your money being able to give you freedom. Can you put that into perspective for the women who are listening to this, who are primarily their entrepreneurs, their speakers, their coaches, their authors. There's some of our solopreneurs, mompreneurs. How is it that they can really understand the impact of money giving you freedom?
1: So, of course, freedom means something completely different to everyone, Um, but. I started off with the idea of me just randomly thinking, like, what is freedom for me? And how can I make that happen? Right. Because I didn't abruptly quit my job (laughs) to uh, work. 40, 50 hours a week and still not have money um, to take care of what I really wanted it to be. So money is that thing that gives you that cushion, gives you that peace of mind. So going back to paying yourself, paying yourself in your savings, investments, life insurance policies, all of that, um, that money will say allow you or might not allow you to disappear off the face of the earth for the week if you wanted to. (laughs) um it might be the difference between whether or not you can stay home and raise your kids or they have to go to public school that's a big thing for me i don't have children yet um, but i've talked to my husband many times especially being in the school system down here and in the other school systems i work with and um whatever kids we bring in whether i have them or we adopt them they will not go to uh public school at all private school none of that they will be at home (laughs) and getting their education um So it's really impactful to see what your money can do for you and what it won't do for you if you don't have it. So it kind of shifts that mindset of, all right, well, am I going to go and eat out every day or am I going to take that same amount of money I'm going to spend out on this fast food meal and put that towards something that can provide me dividends, provide me interest, provide me some type of profit that I can use to provide the freedom that I feel is necessary for me.
0: So, you know, you are stepping all on my toes when you're talking about that eating out. And I saw that on your website, too. I was like, oh, oh, she said, let me tell you what what the website says. She said, I see your 10 Chick-fil-A purchases in two weeks. Girl, I'm more like 20. So you would just be fussing me out. It's horrible. So a big part of what you teach in terms of creating this generational wealth is budgeting. Why is budgeting so important? And what are some tangible steps that women in business can really implement to, to get around the concept that budgeting means I am robbing myself of something or keeping myself of, from something. Like, like shift our, help us shift our thinking around that and what are some tangible steps they can do to really start implementing a budget?
1: So for me, the budget is a roadmap to your finances. It tells you where your money needs to go, where it should be going, when it needs to go and how it needs to go there. Um, I don't like this idea that you have to completely sacrifice all the fun stuff in life um, to reach your financial goals. I feel like if you're working 40 plus hours a week, you better be able to enjoy it some way, somehow. But you have to budget for you for it. You got to give yourself some sort of a, an allowance. So there are three methods that I break down when it... I mean, two, two methods that I break down when it comes to budgeting. You have the 50-30-20 rule or the 40-30-20-10 rule. So those numbers pretty much are just telling you where the percentage of where your money should be going. So the first one... No more than 50% of your income is going toward mandatory expenses. 30% is going to saving and investing, and 10% is going towards funds. But if you have debt, we need to shift over to that 40, 30, 20, 10 rule. So no more than 40% of your income is going to saving, I mean, going towards mandatory expenses. This means you need to audit your finances and see what you can cut down on for your mandatory expenses because you'll notice that that 30% did not change. You're still going to be paying yourself that 30 for your saving and investing, and you break that up however you see fit. 20% is going towards extra debt repayment, and then 10% is still fund. Now, if you're making $4,000 a month after taxes, 10% of that is $400. So (laughs) you still have a lot of money that you can use towards funding. Really, I still think that's a ridiculous amount of money, But that still is something that, hey, you can go shopping. You can have date night with the husband. Um, You can go have family fun night with the kids and the family. You can still do all of it. You just have to do it in a way that's not detrimental
0: to your financial foundation and your system. So juicy. I knew you. I already knew. I knew when I looked at your profile. I knew when I reached out that your your session and your episode was going to be juicy. Did y'all catch that? The 50-30-20 rule or the 40, 30, 20, 10 rule. So I'm going to repeat it to make sure you got it. Now I'm going to make sure I got it because I took notes too. So 50%, the 50, 30, 20 is 50% is going to mandatory expenses. 30% is going to savings and that's not going to change in either of the scenarios. And 20% is going to debt. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All right, got it. Now in our 40, 30, 20, 10, we're 20 doing, wait, repeat that again.
1: 20% is going to fund. We don't get to debt until the next rule.
0: Got it. See, y'all, that's see. That's why she's the expert. I'm not. That's I'm not. That's why I'm repeating what she's saying and making sure. So you actually get to have fun in both of them. P- hallelujah. Amen. You get to have fun in both categories. <laughs> 50 30 20 is 50% mandatory expenses, 30% savings, and 20% fun. Or you move over to the 40 30 20, 10 which is 40% mandatory expenses. Still that 30% savings. debt and 10% fun. I love the way you break that down. I'm going to have a whole lot of notes around my house from you. And my kids are going to be like, mommy, what are all these notes you have, these big, huge notes that you have typed all around the house? Because I want to teach my children true financial literacy, not just making money, but really creating generational wealth. That's a completely different conversation. So there was something else that really sparked me and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna say this on the air and oh, I'm gonna see, she gonna get in trouble with some people, but I don't care because I know she don't care. (laughs) So you say this, most entrepreneurs are taught to grind, work hard and outwork everybody else in order to create the financial lifestyle that they desire. But your thought process is that that is counterproductive. And you say specifically, you have to work for your money, but after you make it, your money should be working for you. Please break that down on how we need to be re-engineering our thinking about working hard, grinding, and outworking everybody else.
1: So here's the thing. I consider myself like the lazy investor and the lazy entrepreneur. <laughs> um, again, I did not hop out of the right race in corporate America to come out and bust my behind for multiple hours a week when I have a husband at home that I want to spend time with. I like to just face out and enjoy nature, like, I don't want to do any of that. Um, I think when we have this mindset that we have to hustle, outrun, outwork everyone, we are taking ourselves out of our own lane. So, whether it's our financial lane or our entrepreneurship lane, we're taking ourselves out of our lane and focusing too much on what other people are doing. There are a million and five people in the financial industry. I don't care what they're doing, I don't care what type of programs they have, I don't care how much they're charging for their programs, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, there are people who are for you specifically. And if you create systems around that, which I have to shout out my, my girl, <laughs> Connie, <laughs> as falls on Instagram, because she's been fussing at me about systems. Business and uh, your business system should put you in a way, in a position that your hands are free as an entrepreneur um, that allows you to think it allows you to create, but it shouldn't be focused on, okay, what's the next person doing? Cause when you do that, it's like you're driving on the highway and you're constantly looking over to your right lane to see how fast they're going and, they're trying, and you're trying to match their speed. Well, you're constantly looking over there, how are you paying attention to what's going on in front of you and in your lane? You mess around a swerve and you crash. Then you are wondering why your finances are a mess, your business is still a mess, because you're trying to do everything like everybody else. I think it's such a toxic mindset to feel like, okay, I have to wake up at 530 every morning so I can beat everybody else nope, I'm going to wake up smooth around 7.30, get out the bed around maybe 8.30 (laughs) and start my day (laughs) because I know at the end of the day, what's for me is for me and I don't have to outwork, outgrind, outpace anybody to get to where I got to go.
0: Well, you heard it here on Elevation Entourage podcast. Like stop trying to grind and work hard and outwork everybody else and stay in your lane so you don't crash. I want y'all to adopt exactly... (laughs) (laughs) what <laughs> was said, which is, I don't care what you're doing. I don't, that's how I want y'all to walk away from this episode. I don't care what you're doing because I am so focused on my lane and what success really looks like for me. I think that's so powerful. Success is relative to what is important to you. And if you know you have a family and a husband, spouse and kids and whatever else is going on or aging parents and that's where you want to be spending your time, not, oh, I'm, I'm in the business, on the business every day, all day. I got to get up at five in the morning. I can't go to bed till three in the morning. Like everybody doesn't work that way. Some of us work that way. Some of us are energized bunnies and we just love it, love it, love it. Um, I know I work work well when I'm under pressure. Um, When I feel energized, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going hard. Like in this COVID space, Man, let me tell you, I've been staying up till three in the morning. Then I pop right back up at seven, eight in the morning. But that's only because my creative juices are flowing again. Like I feel like a kid in a candy store again. I'm like, oh my God, so many people need me. Like my voice is needed in the marketplace and I got to get out here and serve people. It is not in comparison to anybody else. And I think that is the key. Don't do anything based on comparison to someone else. There's a quote that I live by that says, comparison is the thief of all joy. And you do not want to be robbed of your joy as you are positioning yourself to be financially better, as you are creating generational wealth. Like you want to have fun doing that thing. So I love that. I love that. And I'm going to adopt that. I don't care what you're doing. That's exactly how I'm going to say it too. It's (laughs) equal. I don't care what you're doing. (laughs) So so again, I keep referencing your page and you all, you need to make sure that you go to her website and she'll provide that at the end of today's episode. But there's just so many amazing juicy things I can pull on from that website. There's, a, there's actually a mantra on your IG page and it says, I will not let my emotions run my finances. And I know that emotions are connected to finances and to our money conversation. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see specifically entrepreneurs do as it relates to emotional connection? and how can they move past that emotional connection if it's toxic?
1: So um, I know entrepreneurs have this, sometimes this mindset that, oh, okay, I'm working so hard for this money, I finally have it, let me go ahead and splurge on myself, and then let me go ahead and show everybody on social media that I'm balling my business is doing great, it's flourishing, but their bank account looks sketchy, they have nothing in their investment portfolio, Um, they don't have life insurance for their family, their kids, Um, it's just, They have stuff (laughs) and um, the mindset that we need to, we need to move from the feeling like we have to compete and show everything, every everybody, everything. It's nobody's business. What you have in your bank account. It's nobody's business. What um, kind of shoes you have on. And I know like for me, I don't care. I don't care if I have seven figures sitting in the bank account. You will not catch me buying, you know, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, anything like that, because that's just not me. That I'm not that person. I don't like spending a lot of money on, you know, clothes. <laughs> yeah, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just when you move from that mindset of everybody needs to see that I'm flourishing out here, you don't care. And you will see so much change within your financial structure because you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to stunt on them all the time. You don't have to have your blue baton on nobody's neck, like anything like that. <laughs> like You don't have to worry about it. So I think we need to move from that. Okay. I feel like I have to show everybody that I'm doing great because when you do that, you're messing up your finances because you are compelled to spend your money on things that just aren't necessary.
0: That's so good. Like, just stuff. I don't care about the stuff. I love what you said. Two words that resonated with me. And that part was investment portfolio. What is that? What you got going on? What's popping in your investment portfolio? Not those red bottoms you got on that you got on somebody's neck because you need somebody to see it so you can post it on Instagram. (laughs) Like it is serious. We have to make wiser decisions um, if we really are going to get to a place of wealth. Wealth is so much different than making money. And the more you're around wealthy people, they talk different. They function differently. What they spend on is different. They have an investment portfolio. So do you have an investment portfolio? So I cannot believe we're already coming to the end of our amazing juicy conversation. Um, I'm going to ask you these last two questions. Are there any two or three action steps that you would encourage entrepreneurs to take like if they have a real sense of urgency about shifting their money conversation and, and creating wealth?
1: Start paying yourself first. I don't care if you make $500 a month, pay yourself at least 10% so you can get into the habit of saying, all right, I'm paying myself a salary because um, what I spoke to my bookkeeper about was you, if you're someone who's trying to expand eventually, you're going to have to um, show that you are paying yourself, you have some sort of salary. Um, so get into that habit doesn't matter $50 here and there, then work your way up to 500 then $500,000, whatever the case is, get into that habit. Because if you start making, let's say a million dollars next year and you don't have the proper financial habit of paying yourself, then you don't have any money because you're going to splurge it on everything else that you have no business splurging it on. Um, number two, change your circle and who you talk to. Um, so I am an avid believer that if you hang out with nine broke people, with nine broke mentalities, that you're going to be the tenth person, because I don't care how strong you think you are, when you constantly hear that negative talk surrounding money surrounding your goals, you're going to give up on them eventually. Um, so change who you are talking to. Now, I have a business best friend who every time I say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this and she thinks I'm cutting myself short, she almost cusses me out. Um, (laughs) I tell my mom and my husband, hey, this is what we need to do so we can take our finances another step forward. And they're here. They're in tune with me. Um, And I actually had my business on hold for an entire year because somebody, a friend of mine, was like, you're so young. Nobody's going to listen to you when it comes to finance." Why would you do that? And I let that stop me from starting my business. This should have been my third year in business. And it's only two um, because I let somebody who didn't have my vision talk me out of what I was supposed to be doing. So definitely get into the habit of paying yourself and then surround yourself with wealth minded people. They don't have to be wealthy. They don't have to be rich, but they have the intentions of doing that. But they also have an action plan. And I can't say that enough they actually have to have an action plan behind it because we already know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions <laughs> so they need to make sure that they are being actionable with what they are intending to do
0: <laughs> that's so good I, I i look this is the key things i've taken so much away from your session but i don't care what you're doing like that's going to be and i'm saying it just like that that's number 1 <laughs> And then number two, I love that you talked about paying yourself first, and but but the key words you used were your financial habits, because whatever your habits are now, that's going to roll over into, if you do start making 500,000, a million, 2 million. So you have to get your financial habits in order now and make it a habit to pay yourself first. And then yes, oh my God, get around wealth minded people, not toxic people who are going to talk you out of your vision. And they they don't have a dream, so they don't want to support your dream, don't know how to support your dream and their, their language becomes so toxic to you that it can actually walk you out of the very thing that you were born to do. So you've got to know what you're born to do and don't let anybody talk you out of it. And then in conclusion, is there any resource that you would offer for women who are in business, like something you feel like, man, you've got to get your hands on this thing right here, a book, an app, a membership, an organization, any valuable resource?
1: Okay. Okay. So, first things first, I have a free masterclass. It's called Wealth Starts Here. Um, all you need to do is click the link in my bio or go to that finance chick that biz to register. This is going to be about a 90-minute masterclass that's going to help you prepare a financial foundation that will allow your money to work for you no matter what you have going on, um, no matter how broke you think you are and just start a wealth plan because our financial our financial Situation starts to shift when we are being intentional, intentional about what we're trying to do. Um, so that's definitely a resource right there. Um, you know, I'm just going to give you all my resources. So <laughs> I also have a membership called Wealth Nation. This is a monthly group coaching membership where I pretty much am getting all in your business, helping you be accountable, uh, you know, providing you with help that I don't give on social media. Um, so it's pretty much giving you what you need and holding you accountable with quizzes accountability. Cause the next time we do a live lesson in, in June, I'm going to say, Hey, who did this? <laughs> who was supposed to do it? Let me see it. <laughs> um, so those are two resources that I believe would be very helpful. Then of course you have a lot of books out there. The richest man in Babylon is one of my favorite. It talks about, I believe the seven major or uh, financial principles you should have. Um, and if you're someone who's interested in investing, the common sense book on, uh, on investing by John Bull is really good.
0: You really did give us all of your stuff, like all the juicy, juicy stuff. So I want to go back really quickly and make sure people grabbed that uh, the link for the free masterclass, because that's a great starting point if you then want to kind of branch into the wealth nation. So give us the link one more time for the free masterclass wealth starts here.
1: So if you just go to that finance it's going to be the first gold button that you see on my header.
0: Okay, so that finance that finance and then of course you can also follow her on Social media, you can become a part of the Wealth Nation. And I love those two books that you referred. I mean, just juicy stuff. Thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you for pouring into us and being willing to just drop the knowledge on us today. Like, I love it. So before we close, I always like to do this one final thing. It's called uh, my fun facts session that none of my guests know I'm gonna ask these questions. But I just want you to give your first response to these three simple things because I always like to, to conclude on a fun note, right? Because everything we do in business, and life and success and money. Sometimes it can get heavy, but we should still have fun. So here's the question. The one person I would love to sit and pick their brain would be...
1: Brianna.
0: I love it. Somebody earlier said Jay-Z. So y'all like, everybody's just... I love it. All right. My favorite leisure activity when I'm not doing business is...
1: DIY activities.
0: Is that you're a DIYer.
1: Yes. I like making things pretty. I like building things. dirty. <laughs> like all of that. I just started becoming a plant mom recently.
0: That is awesome. And I am completely the opposite. If I can give it to you, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Don't give me nothing to build or put together. My husband, praise God for him and his hands and his skills. Cause I couldn't even put together my ring light to be able to do these podcasts. So, and last but not least, my absolute favorite comfort food or favorite dessert is
1: Comfort food, Jamaican food, oxtails with rice and peas, cabbage, plantains, and cocoa bread. (laughs)
0: She gave you a whole meal. She ain't say one. She said, let me tell you about the meal. I love it. I love everything about it. You have been phenomenal. Guys, this has been another amazing episode of Elevation Entourage Podcast. We want you to stay connected with us. If you're asking yourself, well, Cheryl, how do I stay connected? How do I get into your community so that I don't just get these interviews, but I get access to an amazing community of women who support each other, elevate each other, and hold each other accountable, I want you to check out the Elevation Entourage membership over at elevationentourage.com. Until next time, keep being amazing and keep elevating with those winning strategies to help you soar and thrive in your business. We're so excited that you were able to tune into today's conversation on Elevation Entourage podcast. Make sure you take a moment to share this episode with a friend. And until next time, keep elevating your mindset, your money, and your impact.